0: Hey everyone, on this episode I am chatting with my friend Teresa Ledato. so if you want to learn how chronic stress can end your career, you are definitely not going to want to miss out on this episode, and make sure you stick around until the end because I've got a special gift for you. Recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves live up to their true potential and answer the question what lies beyond recovery for you thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the road beyond recovery podcast i am so glad you're here Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to mention, if you're an entrepreneur in recovery, or maybe you're even thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, maybe you've always wanted to be a coach, right, an author, maybe a speaker, and you want to inspire those who are still struggling to really create the life that they were born to live, come join us in the Rise in Recovery Network for Entrepreneurs Facebook group. We help entrepreneurs in recovery master their minds so they can grow their business and lead authentically fulfilled lives through community connection and collaboration. So if you wanna connect with like-minded individuals and make an even bigger impact in the world, Come and join us today because you know my passion is to help people discover their purpose and truly live a more purpose-driven life. So don't miss out. I'll leave a link in the show notes and yeah, come check it out. Today I chat with Teresa Lodato who is the founder of Becoming Aware Coaching. We talk about how she's always had this yearning within her even as a young child to discover her purpose. We talk about how when our bodies are dealing with chronic stress we lose the capacity for growth, ultimate success, and satisfaction. And she shares her story on how she dealt with chronic stress and actually ended up losing her career. We talk about how she guides leaders to unleash their sixth sense to up-level their professional and personal life. And of course, we talk about becoming or having more awareness when it comes to our relationship with self. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody, welcome back. I am hanging out today with my friend Teresa Ladato or Ledato, as we discussed uh, a little bit earlier. <laughs> Teresa is the founder of Becoming Aware Coaching. How are you doing, Teresa? I'm
1: doing well. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: It's so great that you're here. So why don't you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do?
1: Absolutely. So I am a former stressed out financial services executive. And when I say stressed out, let me tell (laughs) you. I would wake up at 3.45 in the morning just to work out and then make it into the office about 5 45 into san francisco work all day or at least until four at which point was my hard stop to go leave so i could take the bart train home and pick my son up from daycare before five and then make him dinner get him ready and everything for bed and then go to sleep at nine so wash and repeat that every day And that kind of gives you a taste for how stressed I was. And then of course, working in private banking and investments, that's very high stress demanding. And then I was also in a challenging marriage. Mm. So pretty much my entire life at that point in time was, was stressed out. And so, you know, I'm very happy that I have found the road to recovery (laughs) and have transformed my life because now everything's so much better.
0: It is right. And you know, your road to recovery actually started due to a chronic stress related illness, and it actually ended up ending your career. So can you talk about that a little bit more?
1: Absolutely. So during that time when I was working those insanely long hours, um, I I had always suffered from migraines since I was about nine years old, shortly after my father passed away. And they were diagnosed when I was in the Navy when I was like 1819. And so, you know, I was felt very comfortable dealing with the migraines and kind of had that down. But when I was so stressed out, I actually developed a really rare and serious form of migraine called hemiplegic migraine. And I get stroke like symptoms down the entire left side of my body. So the whole left side of my body gets paralyzed for up to an hour at a time. And then during that time, I'm still experiencing all the migraine symptoms, the light and sound and and, uh, scent sensitivity, um, as well as the intense head pain, the nausea, and so, you know, but here I am just laying half paralyzed, (laughs) not being able to move. And that's actually what ended my career was, um, you know, when I went to, uh, I was actually home on the weekend and, you know, felt like I had a migraine, Started feeling my my tongue feel like it was swelling in my mouth, and then started feeling numbness down my arm. I made it to bed. My now ex husband had come to uh, to get something out of the bedroom, and he asked me, "Why are you in bed?" I couldn't talk. He called nine one one. Five days later is when they told me of my condition and told me I'd never work again, which was you know being twenty years in financial services and you know, that was the, the focus of my career. Who, who am I? You know, it was what I was thinking without my career. And so that was a really, not only moment of, of truth, you know, what exactly are you doing with your life to have gotten to this point, but also was a huge blow to my ego. And I think those two elements combined is what led me along the journey to where I am now.
0: Wow. And I can deal with stress related. Uh, I actually ended up in the hospital a few years ago because of the stress that I endured, because I was always trying to be that high achiever, right? Prove Mm -hmm. my worth through what I did for a living. And that landed me in the hospital. And I think a lot of people try and find their self-worth through their careers and what they do. And, And a lot of them are settling because I know for me, I was, I got tired of living, you know, the nine to five or, I should say, 6.30 to, you know, 7.30 life. Mm -hmm. And it started to wear me down. But I thought, if I don't do this, right, if I don't have that career and I don't work my way up the ranks, then who am I? Yeah,
1: yeah. There's so much society, society as well as familial pressure oftentimes for women to be these wonder women. You know, we've got to be able to do it all. And if we can't, then there's something quote wrong with us. And I know for me, you know, I had a lot of guilt just putting my child in daycare and, you know, and and not being able to spend, you know, the time when he was four and five with him. And, you know, so that was one stress. And then another stress was just being able to, um, you know, have, uh, gosh, just just to be dealing with the stress of the job and the stress of the, the relationship and, and not having time to spend with friends. And, and, but there's this whole societal concept that women need to be like men. And, and it's kind of underwritten, but we're also trapped by that. And I think that's what I discovered after getting sick and, and figuring out, okay, what's really going on Is I realized that the masculine and feminine qualities within myself, which, by the way, everyone has masculine and feminine qualities within themselves. And for me, they were just way out of whack and because they were way out of whack my nervous system and my hormonal system was out of whack I mean my neuropinephrine in my brain was either you know constantly overstressed or when i would have downtime when i would basically crash then it didn't get enough of the hormones and you know the the dopamine and the adrenaline that my brain needed so it was just this constant state of imbalance
0: wow so what did that road to recovery look like for you like where did you start
1: yeah so after um well when i was in the hospital on the fifth day when i got my diagnosis and my doctors told me that i was never going to work again and as i was digesting that information <laughs> i realized i haven't seen my husband my husband hasn't come to check on me he hasn't brought you know our young son to see me at the hospital and at that point in time you know i checked in with the nurse and no he hasn't come i'm sorry you know and has he called no he hasn't called and i realized okay not only do i not work again but I'm going to have to divorce this man because I'd already had enough. It was already challenging just trying to make the relationship work. But now at this point, when you don't come and visit your wife, that's kind of a clear message that you really just don't care. Yeah. (laughs) And so that I think started this journey, but it took like about a year for me to... Uh, you know, be able to, because I took away my driver's license because, you know, obviously these episodes were, um, you know, I never knew when they were going to come. And so once I got my driver's license back, you know, went through the process of divorce, and I thought, maybe I just need to change careers. Maybe that's all I need. So I started attending graduate school for psychology, and I was studying counseling psychology, and I was also at the same time studying consciousness and transformative studies. And I think between those two, especially the consciousness and transformative studies that I did in psychology, I really had the opportunity to not only explore some different Eastern and Western modalities for self-healing, but also because it's such an in-depth psychology. You know, you're looking at lots of different ways of, of viewing who I am in this world. And when you start looking inward and becoming more aware, you start putting together the pieces of the puzzle. And like I said, you know, studying it, recognizing, oh, wait a minute, we've got these masculine feminine qualities. Oh, my gosh, I really strongly identify with the masculine, you know, structure, discipline, rigidity, control, competition. You know, that's where I'm pretty much living. I'm, I'm, you know, my foot is fully down on the accelerator in that area. And then I looked at the feminine release flow let go pause go within and I thought i'm not doing any of that. (laughs) And so you know, through the different opportunities, I had to explore dream work and um, you know and meditation and you know mindset and all these different aspects of psychology I started to breathe a little deeper and i realized oh okay i'm 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 making this too much even in my trying to do more of the feminine qualities i was doing it in a masculine way i have to do this i need to do this i should do this um this is what i need to do this is the the schedule i need to follow in order to relax (laughs) and i think about it now and i'm just like Wow, I was so wrapped up and being so stressed out that I did, I was just blind, you know. (laughs) And once I kept practicing it and practicing it, and it was in baby steps, I learned to let go. And when you learn to let go, and you have that moment of, okay, I finally surrender. I finally, okay, I'm fine, I'm done. And you realize, oh, wait a minute, nothing's really changed except... I'm not carrying any, like, guilt or or stress or anxiety. And it was such a sense of freedom. And when I experienced that, I thought, oh, I want some more of this. This feels good. And so in the process of, you know, uh, really diving in and allowing myself to, you know, recognize honor and respect and communicate with myself in a different way, I was able to really lift up those qualities of the feminine within myself. And then of course that just counterbalanced and brought down that masculine. And since then, I don't suffer from the migraines. I haven't had a hemiplegic migraine episode for some time now. And if I do have one, it's because I'm stressing myself out. I'm being too much in the masculine as an entrepreneur and a board member and a mom. And, and I have to remind myself, okay, and, and it's not as severe, right, as it once was. Instead of being completely paralyzed and down for two days, now it's just like, huh, I feel a little tingling in my arm, you know, like my tongue, eh, but I can still talk. I can still walk. Okay, it's good. But it's a wake-up call. It's a reminder. And I think that's one of the things that I chat about constantly with my clients is that there is no end point. Like, I will never get rid of this illness. This is something that I have, there's no cure. However, I can manage it. And I've been managing it really well. I've been managing it so well that I've been able to go back to work, do coaching work, which is my absolute passion. I feel like this is why I came to this planet was to coach the people and help them to recognize where their blind spots are and to really become more aware and recognize that you've got so much power within yourself. You are so powerful, so much more than you know. And when you learn to let go and just relax into the gifts and strengths that you have, you can live your life integrated and joyful and purposeful. And I'll tell you what, when if if any of you is doing the work that you love, that you're passionate about, you realize this, you never work a day in your life. And I remember my parents used to tell me that all the time. And and I was like, I know I need to find my purpose. And you know, ever since I was a little girl, I got something to do. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna find it one day. And I was always so like I celebrated the people that I would meet who were living their life purposes. I was like, oh, yay, yay. How did, how did you do it? What was your path, right? And now that I'm doing it, it is the greatest blessing. And my relationships are so happy and, and joyful and fun. And I don't, like I said, I don't suffer the stress that I once did. And I can't tell you how incredible that is.
0: Oh, you just spoke to my heart right there because you know, in early recovery, one of the biggest things I had to do was rebuild. You know, I had to get that foundation because I was so lost. And again, I was always trying to prove my self-worth, how important I was by what I did, my career choices. And as I started to find myself and let go and surrender, as you said, things started to change. And then it really wasn't until I discovered that my You know, my journey through addiction and, you know, overcoming adversity actually would be the key to my success. And, you know, I talk about that with my clients too. I'm like, you have no idea what you're capable of. You know, if you Mm -hmm. had the ability to go out there day in, day out and get your fix, whatever that looked like, food, drugs, alcohol, work, you have the ability to put that same energy into what you love to do every day, you know. Absolutely. That's why I love that you said that because I was just like, Oh, you're speaking my language right now. (laughs) Like, and I want to inspire people. Like if you feel like you're lost or you're kind of like, I I have this burning desire to do more, but I have no idea what to do, right? It's possible to find it. You just have to get the tools to do that and be interested in finding it like you were at a very young age.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There was um, something I learned in graduate school, uh, the hero's journey. And I think it was, um, I think it was Carl Jung that uh, kind of spoke of that or one of the other great psychologists. And, you know, it really is that, you know, and I, growing up, I used to love like the Clash of the Titan movies and, you know, all the, I loved studying about the Greek gods and the Roman gods. And, and it really is kind of that quest, that idea of a quest, you know, you're going along in life one day and then you realize, huh? it's kind of weird. I, I kind of, you know, I'm really not that happy when I think about it, or, or you get yourself, you know, you, um, you know, you've experienced some sort of trauma or, or some sort of experience early on in life. And, and you don't have the tools to be able to deal with the emotions that you're facing. And so you numb yourself out. I mean, that's really what addiction is about, is, you know, being able to quote escape, or to be able to ignore, to push down. And so, like you said, whether the addiction is to alcohol or drugs or to work or to sex or to whatever, it could be a number of things, food, anything, what you're doing is you're trying to be unaware or unconscious to things. But just like a garbage pile that keeps heaping up, one day you're gonna to have to do something about it because it's gonna start stinking to high heaven and there's not gonna be any options. And the, the, the thing that I've learned now studying uh, neuro um, neuroscience and neurotransformational uh, coaching is that the more your brain, and obviously now that I even think about it, it's, you know, it makes total sense. The more your brain is in a habit, the more your neural pathways get strengthened And so it's going to be harder to break that habit because it's like a path walking through a meadow. You know, if you keep walking the same path, like, you know, if you've got cattle or or deer, you know, they walk the same path and the path becomes very clear, no weeds, no anything grows on it. But if you try choosing a new path, You know, maybe the first time you knock down a few weeds or flowers and then, but you you have to keep doing that daily, daily, daily. And it's going to take, it literally takes 21 days for your brain to create a new neural pathway, for it to break off from the previous one and create a new one. And so not only are you going through life just ignoring, allowing this garbage pile to, to pile up, but you're making it more challenging for yourself. And so for me, I love being able, you know, like when clients come to me and they, you know, and I talk to them about what their values are, you know, what would they like to be doing? If I could wave a magic wand, what would your life look like? And, and we start exploring those things. And, you know, so many people, I, I can't get there. I, you know, I just can't see a way to get there. Okay, that's fine. And then, you know, we start working with tools about how can you see a way? Because it's when we when we're so close up to something, it's almost like we've got blinders on. And we just can't see any other way. It's called a fixed mindset. However, when you pull back and you take that meta view, that bird's eye view, or if you have experienced challenges in your life, and you are resilient, then you've got a growth mindset. So chances are you're not as challenged if if that's the way you think. But that fixed mindset, it really is about pulling back taking a bird's eye view and saying, oh, if I just go around it, (laughs) instead of trying to bump up against it, I see lots of different possibilities. And so you know, that's where the, the work comes in, and the joy and the fun, because then you start experiencing those possibilities, and then it becomes exciting.
0: Oh, I know, it's an amazing journey. And I just, you know, in the, over the last few years, it's been, things have been happening that I never thought possible. And, you know, it's it was what you said, right? with I had a fixed mindset and I really looked at myself and thought, well, you know, I'm an ex-alcoholic addict. Like, who am I to do any of this stuff, right? Like, who am I to have success like they do? And so I would work myself to the bone and be so riddled with stress that I couldn't I couldn't come out of that cloud. You know, I was in it for so long. So you know that I would keep building and it would just grow and grow and grow. Now, you actually talk about how our bodies when they're in chronic stress, and I think a lot of people who are overachievers get this way, we can lose our capacity for growth, right and success. Can you talk Mm -hmm. more about that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, there's the one aspect that I've already explained. You know, the more, uh, you know, um, you use a certain neur- neural pathway, the stronger it will get. However, the the thing that I find really interesting is the neuroscience behind it. The the way your body reacts to stress, and and it's almost as if Your body it gets conditioned as well, just like you can condition your body working out with weights or or your cardio system by running or doing high impact aerobics. Your brain can also get conditioned so that when you are accustomed to getting that constant rush of dopamine and adrenaline that you get when you're in stress it too becomes a little bit like a drug. And it becomes kind of hard to to kick the habit because you're not getting the, the, the dopamine that you need, that reward system that you need. And you're also not allowing your body to experience the oxytocin, which is that feel good hormone you know, especially women, we get that through touch and we get that through connection, you know, and men get that through being alone and just kind of going into their cave or, or just having some time by themselves. That's how they experience that oxytocin. But if you're imbalanced, out of balance, then you're not getting the appropriate supply. And I think that that's what makes it even more challenging for people to overcome, even if in their mind they think, This is, you know, logically, it makes sense for me to stop doing drugs or to stop drinking myself to death because I could kill myself, right? Logically, you can say that. However, unless you come up with some different ways to ignite that neuropinephrine and to get it into balance, then you're going to continually be bumping up against that wall and so that's why it's really critical for you once you realize oh wait a minute something needs to change you have that moment of truth that you seek out support whatever the support is that that resonates with you For some people it's therapy for some people it's just you know doing some yoga um, for or meditating and some people you know need coaches like you and I, to be able to support them with various tools, Uh, you know that's another thing that I was thinking about is. When people, especially women you know, especially women that are, you know, the type A personality that are running a lot of that masculine energy. I remember the way I used to work out was I used to lift weights, and I used to do boot camp, and I used to do kickboxing, and and even sometimes cycling, okay, really these high intensity, competitive, you know, even in my quote, downtime, I was flooding my body with cortisol. Oh, my God, what was I thinking? (laughs) And so now when I work out, it's going for a hike in nature. It's going for a walk without any sounds. It's going and doing yin yoga. It's going swimming. You know, it's really about identifying not only what your body needs, you know, along your life of living, but what choices you're making and being conscious about them. I think that's what's really important.
0: That's so funny. As you say all that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. I'm like, wow. And lately I've been thinking, you know, because of course I was so engulfed in my purpose and my passion and I love what I'm doing. So I love to wake up early and it, it goes to the excess. Sometimes we're all wake up at three mm-hmm. 30 because, you know, the brain is going and, you know, like you talk about you know, teaching the brain new things and learning things, I've just almost become obsessed with learning new things because I want to know as much as I can. And I love it. Like, I, I mm-hmm. feel like I've opened up the doors to this just overwhelming amount of of information that I can't get enough of. Is it, you know, to get addicted to becoming an entrepreneur and getting addicted <laughs> to your purpose? Is that
1: something? <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be the potential for that. I think anytime we're at the extremes of anything, I think there is the potential. But you know, it's it, I think it's also uh, you know, when you are living your life purpose and you're willing to, you've got a strong relationship with yourself. You know, that's another really important aspect. You know, I'm a, a conscious leadership and relationship coach. And it really is not only the relationships you have with others. But the relationship you have with the natural world and the relationship most importantly to self and when you have that really great relationship with yourself then you can listen to it you can trust it you know what your gifts are you know what your strengths are and you know what your values are and i think when you have all of that in alignment and you are practicing it and and uh Strengthening it every day. Then, if your body's saying, "Yeah, let's learn more about this. Let's take this other thing on. This is an area, you know, in the next part that will uh, feed you and your purpose." Then you can trust it. But if you aren't in relationship with yourself, you can. I can see where people could be addicted to learning to self-improvement, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so they're not though I think the what the key is to recognize is is it feeding you is it giving you energy is it making you feel lighter is it making you feel freer is it making you feel empowered. And if it's not whatever you're doing if it's not doing those things if you feel like whatever it is has a hold on you and that you don't have much of a choice or you can't see where you are actually making the choices, then that's where some awareness needs to come in. Or I should say, where you could invite it in.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's the thing, right, is I love what I'm doing. And there is not when I wake up early and I'm thinking, okay, you know what, I have these cool things that I could do this morning. Why not get up? My body's up. Obviously, it's saying, let's go. And I go to bed every night happy, though, you know, because I am actually doing what I love today. Um, So, you know, you touched on the loving yourself, and that is something that took me a long time to do, right? When I got into recovery, I built that foundation, and I started to clean up my past and, you know, start to become a productive member of society, but I still had that codependent behavior. I still needed other people to tell me I was worthy. And, you know, I had the opportunity a couple of years ago when we were all allowed to travel still, and Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time alone. And I think that's probably one of the best things that I've done because I learned to become less codependent, right? I could just be and not need. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for someone struggling with that, because I know a lot of people do right now. And they're like, how, how are you okay with, you know, if things go on with your spouse, and I'm like, because I love myself, I love what I'm doing in life. So I show up differently. But what do you recommend to people who really need to seek that self love?
1: Yeah, well, I think you've mentioned some, some really good points. And, and first off, I just want to congratulate you and celebrate you, because it's not easy for people. It, it takes effort to get to that point. And I think that a lot of people, number one, they don't have the tools. Um, but number two, it takes courage, you know, because you're facing your fears. You're facing what Carl Jung would say, the shadow side of yourself. You know, the, the part of yourself, I like to call it the allies in disguise. You know, those parts of ourselves that when we were little and growing up and learning how to be a human in this world, we were guided by our parents and caregivers' beliefs and perspectives, and they were meant to keep us safe you know, meant to make sure, you know, don't run out in the middle of the road. Why not? Oh, because you might get hit by a car. Okay, that's, that's like a really good kind of little fear seed to implant in your young child, right? Look both ways before you cross the street. Why? Because you might get hit by a car. Okay, why not touch the hot soul? Oh, okay. You know, so it's, (laughs) it's all those things. However, when you experience, you know, some sort of trauma or abuse or um, loss or, you know, uh, any kind of situation that isn't, you know, just healthy and balanced growing up, which so many of us have, right? It's, it's part of life, things, you know, things happen. Those inner allies in disguise tend to get a little too overprotective. And so they, as you grow older and you start becoming more confident and resilient in just being a human, you can reach a point to where, you know, those inner, you know, those allies in disguise are just hyperactive no, you don't want to go for that promotion because what if they say no and then you could lose your job and then you'd lose your house and your family, blah, 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 you know, and it's this downward spiral. It's just out of control. Or, you know, don't ask that girl out or, or don't tell that man that you love him because they could, you know, whatever. And then all that guilt, fear, anxiety comes in. That's all your, in, your allies in disguise that are just overactive. And so the process is about calming them assuring them that hey you know what I got this, you know i'm an adult, and so you can do it multiple different ways, you know if you work with. um, A therapist or a psychologist, uh, especially if they do uh, like somatic uh, psychology or some of the different forms of transpersonal psychology, you can explore it through your inner child you know, and your inner mother and your inner father and, and have dialogues um, in order to create a relationship with those parts of yourself. So that's one way you could do it. Uh, another way that um, I'm actually trained with uh, positive intelligence is to really just have those, those moments of, of mindfulness and presence. You know, when you realize that you're starting to get worked up, when you realize you're starting to experience, any of those allies in disguise, anger, guilt, anxiety, stress, worry, when you bring your attention to that, you take two minutes and you breathe. And you do that three times, slowly in through your nose to the count of five, pause, and then slowly out through your mouth to the count of seven. And you do that a few times and that actually interrupts those uh, neural pathways in your brain and interrupts that release of adrenaline and um, and dopamine and it allows your body it's kind of like you know you think back to our ancient forefathers where that stress fight, flight, or freeze response was really, you know, necessary in our world. You've got a tiger that's chasing you. What are you gonna do? And you think about, okay, when they were able to stop and breathe, that meant they were safe. They were, you know, they were out of the reach of the tiger, or the tiger, you know, had found something else or whatever. So just that invitation of breath can be so powerful. You know, another tool is to just close your eyes and take your thumb and your forefinger and slowly run your thumb over the the fingerprint area of your forefinger. And just with all of your intention, feel every single little ridge, moving it slowly with intention and purpose, putting all of your intention there. That's another way to interrupt those neural pathways. And I'm even aware right now of how my voice has lowered, and how it's slowed. And that's because even as I'm doing this, as I'm explaining it, my body, because it's so practiced, is naturally starting to relax. And as your body relaxes, your brain frequencies change. And so when you are in very active states in your brain, there are certain functions that you're not able to do. Whereas when you shift and the frequency and it starts dropping down, just like when you're sleeping, it goes through different, um, you know, there obviously your REM sleep, but there's delta and alpha levels. As you do that, that's what meditation really is, you know, so you don't have to sit down and cross leg lotus pose or or do some sort of formal meditation. All you need is that presence and that mindfulness. It's really about shifting that frequency. And when you shift that frequency, it's like moving from the uh, the outside in a hurricane. And when you change that frequency, it's like coming into the center, the eye of the hurricane, where everything is calm, and you have clarity at that point. You know, that's when the oxytocin gets released. That's when your brain relaxes, and you start seeing the possibilities. So, you know, we talked earlier about people being bumping up against a brick wall, not seeing the possibilities being fixed-minded that's because they're out in that hurricane right when you take a step back, you take a step to the center or you take the meta view however you you know choose whatever tool you choose to use that's what allows you to see those possibilities And so you know right there are you know two or three different ways that you can interrupt the cycle you know another thing if you are, um, you know, say you've got a bad habit of uh, having a temper, you know, of, of, you know, spouting off to, you know, friends or your spouse or your children, you can catch yourself. And as you start to say something, or if you even, this is something that that I used to experience was hearing my mother's voice come out my mouth as I talk to my son. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, I'm a witness to this. So I'm like in my brain, watching myself say, You can't do that because I said so. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, that's not really how I believe. What I really believe is I don't want you to do that because, you know, I don't want you to eat that cookie because dinner's coming and it's more important that you have the nutrients. You can have the cookie afterwards. I mean, that's such a more conscious way to approach the relationship rather than to have this come from this place of fear and control. You can't do it because I told you not to, right? And so there's this opportunity when you hear yourself starting to do that, just stop. And you can speak your emotion. You can say, you know what? I'm feeling really angry right now. I'm feeling really disrespected. I've asked you to do something and you're not doing it. And it makes me feel disrespected. And when I feel disrespected, it makes me feel like I don't wanna do things for you. And that's not the kind of relationship that I wanna have with you you know, or if you're angry. I'm feeling really angry right now. I mean, my heart is pumping and oh, my veins, I can just, I can hear it in my ears. I'm so angry, is a much more conscious way of being than saying, mother effer, get out of this GD house, blah, 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 and expressing your anger that way, right? We all have choices and these are choices that we can choose to do and the more conscious and aware you are about how you are communicating how you are being in relationship is going to drive the kind of relationships you have and the more conscious you become man you can turn a really challenging relationship into something that you can be proud of i mean thinking back to my ex-husband and the challenging marriage that we had me being able to do the work on myself, that actually kind of started before I got sick. But afterwards, me being conscious, and when he would say something to me that was a put down or really critical, or, or he was experiencing fear or worry or anxiety, and I was conscious of it, I didn't respond. You know, I just stood there. Or I would say, you know what, I don't appreciate the way you're speaking to me right now, we're going to have to table this discussion and come back to it another time and walk away and when he didn't have anything to push back on or to or to bounce back at him it automatically allowed him the space to sit with his thoughts and so i think you know this cycles right back to having that really strong relationship with self and knowing how important it is to be conscious to be aware of how you're communicating, how you are being in relationships, how you're being as a human. And I think once you start going down that path, then you can really it has that ripple effect where it starts affecting all your relationships. And then before you know it, you're living a life you love.
0: And I think you know, when you are living that life you love, you are able to show up better, because I remember I used to be terrible at being reactive, and I think that almost triggered, you know, with people around me, if that, you know, turned them off, then all of a sudden, I was the one who did not feel loved, and I started thinking, what have I done? What are they thinking? You know, I made these stories up in my head yes. that were so dramatic, And, you know, I I talk to people now and if if they start getting stuck in their head about things and I'm like, ask yourself, is this the truth? Like, do you know this to be fact? And most of the time they're like, no, I don't. And I said, so do you think you might be fabricating this a little bit? Because we tend to do that and then we, we become resentful and we hold on to those grudges and it just continues to perpetuate in our lives. And then at the end of the day, they're usually not even thinking anything that we thought we did. And so it becomes di- more difficult to love yourself. But, yeah, you know, it's it was that learning to not react. And that took me a very long time. I still there is the occasional moment where, you know, I struggle a little bit with that.
1: But it's it's, it's practice. There is no perfection. It's practice. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> well, and that's and that's true, too, that, you know, you. Uh, just like when, when something happens to you, you know, you, an accident or, or someone quote unquote wrongs you or, or something happens, you know, the guy doesn't call you back or the guy breaks up with you over a post-it note or, you know, or your your husband doesn't show up to the hospital for five days, you know, whatever it is. I recognize too that, okay, there's the experience of it. There, there is the truth of what happened, right? There's the perception of it. I may see it as what an a-hole, he never came to the hospital, whereas this wasn't the case, but it could, a possibility could have been, you know what, I was so busy with work and, you know, the hospital was a half an hour away and, you know, and I just didn't feel like I had the capacity to take care of the son, to get him there, to get everything he need and come visit you between, you know, visiting hours. That, that, that could be a truth, you know, from his perspective, The truth of the matter was he wasn't there, but how we view it is our perspective, but then comes the additional part it's how we continue to tell that story and and just like any story, the more we tell it. Some details get lost some details get added. You know it's like that game of telephone it starts off with one by the time it travels through 10 different renditions it's a completely different story and that's what often happens with people who have something quote happen to them or they experience something but then it's in the retelling that things get strengthened you you know or you tell someone something and you're not too messed up about it. You're kind of bugged. You're kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of miffed. But then you start telling one person and then they validate it. And then you're like, yeah, I'm a little more miffed. And then you tell another, they validate I'm a little more miffed. And by the time you told 10 people, you're so freaking pissed off. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that to me. Yeah. And then how do you go back at that point and and be able to bridge that divide that you in essence have created so bringing conscious awareness to that fact of okay it's one thing to share the facts you know hey how was your day well i got in a car accident and i couldn't get hold of my husband and so it pretty much sucked because i had to cancel all my appointments and the tow truck driver who smelled and was you know just leering at my chest the whole time had to drive me home and gosh that was uncomfortable right that's the story the facts but then maybe choosing not to go into that story. You know, and especially as women, I think we communicate through story, that's a very feminine quality, but maybe we don't go through the story with all that emotion. Because emotion, you know, there's this great doctor, a researcher called, um, I have to think of his name, Masuro Emoto. And he was um, a, a researcher who studied water molecules. And he actually did studies where people would send love to like a glass of water or send hate, you know, anger to a glass of water. And then he would study that molecule under a microscope. And what he learned was that the energy of that, that emotion would actually change the molecular structure of the water. And so if you think about it, our bodies are how much? of a percentage of water, mostly water. So when we are experiencing an emotion, our molecular structure of the, mo- the water within our bodies is actually changing. And it's my belief and my experience working with thousands of clients and you know, in all the studies and, and working with all the exceptional teachers that I have is that that water has the capacity to basically get frozen in your body. And I think when people talk about pushing down their emotions, you know, men are really good at that. You know, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to cry. I'm not supposed to feel, so I'm just going to push it way down and I'll deal with it later. Right. And then they never really get around to dealing with it. As a side note, we were watching a Netflix um, comedian, and I think his name is like Bill Burr or something like that, great comedian. And he was talking about that, in fact, and I was laughing, my husband and I were just laughing, going, yep, that's what we do, we push down, we'll deal with it later. But what ends up happening is it becomes like ice cubes in our body. And so when we try to gather wisdom, from that part of our body wherever we're storing that it's like walking up to a, a glacier you know you, you you're not going to be able to access. That part of your body and we need our bodies in our lifetimes and so bringing that awareness, it becomes like heat. That melts that ice, and so that's why a lot of times when people start working with a therapist or working with a coach or going through, you know, uh, uh, an AA program or, or something, and they start releasing some of that emotion, bringing awareness to it. That's why it can feel really super yucky because all of a sudden, you know, you were going along completely numbed out, and all of a sudden you're feeling that anger and you're feeling that guilt and that anxiety and that worry. And that doesn't feel good but that's why it's so important to have that support to continue to champion you and to reassure you that that's actually a good thing that's like getting a wound and getting underneath it and clearing out that infection and then allowing it to heal putting some balm on it and allowing it to heal and that's really what awareness is all about
0: i love that and yeah it's you know i really did not start to make that progress until I became aware, you know, and I realized what it is that I wanted to do. Now, you today you guide leaders to unleash their sixth sense to level up their professional and personal relationships. Can you give us tips around that? Because I'm sure you know, I know I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs or people who want to get into the space of entrepreneur once they have found their purpose in life. So can you talk about that?
1: Sure. So, you know, once again, it's, it's that awareness, that relationship with self. Everything that I do with my clients starts with that relationship to self. And, you know, I may have a client that comes to me that's coachable, but completely unaware. Or like yesterday, I worked with a new client who came to me and she had done so much work. I was just like, wow, you are, you have, you have reached the first hill. You are so well positioned to get what you want you don't even realize it so let's let's first just acknowledge and celebrate this you know and then here are the next steps so obviously people come in in different um points along their awareness journey but the first thing is really that relationship to self being able okay so one thing that um i've written an article about and and i've talked about um lately i'm actually working on my second book and and this is a component of the second book are the five elements of conscious relationships and i call it truce you know because it's about that peace making peace so it's truce. so it's trust respect understanding curiosity and empowerment and there's actually some additional words as well but those are really the five main things and if you can have those five main things in any relationship You've got the foundation for creating a conscious relationship so when you apply that to yourself, you want to know that you can trust yourself. You can trust the information I call it body wisdom, the wisdom that your body is providing you. You can respect yourself that hey you know what i'm worthy I can I'm, I deserve to have this I'm, I'm good enough, you know it also comes in with not seeing yourself as a broken person. But seeing yourself, who's like my trainers in coaching, naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. Each and every one of you are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. You are not a broken person who needs to be fixed. You may have had challenges in the past, but you're a different person today than you were yesterday. You're a different person today than you were 10 years ago when you finally overcame an addiction or you uh, became sober or whatever it is recognizing who you are right now in this present moment is where you build that relationship trust and respect with yourself understanding you know getting diving in a little bit deeper and asking some questions which links with curiosity being curious why am i doing the things i'm doing what could i do differently What would happen if I tried this? Okay, this way isn't working. I have evidence of that. Who can I seek out or where can I go, right? And then that leads to empowerment because when you trust, respect, understand, and you're curious, then you recognize that you're also resilient because you start relating to, gosh, you know, um, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this issue today However, when I was back in college and that guy treated me that way and he dumped me, I survived. So you know what? Even though this might be hard going through this breakup or or having to break up with this guy, I can do it because I've done it so many times before. So then you become resilient. And when you start to recognize that and celebrate it, then you feel empowered, right? So you know, taking those aspects of self and and applying it to yourself then you're able to look within and say okay um you know what are my innate gifts and strengths what am i really good at just naturally like if i had to just be me in my life you know and and i could just completely block out the whole world or like freeze them for a minute (laughs) and i could be completely me when i'm all by myself who am i What do I like to do? What do I value in my life? What are my top five values right now? What am I really good at? Am I good at communicating with others? Am I good with connecting others? Am I good with doing something that's really analytical and behind the scenes? Am I good with going out and making friends easily? Whatever it is, and there's so many gifts we all come your body is naturally hardwired, just like a computer, you know you're, you're hardwired with a certain set of, of gifts and strengths and it's up to you to discover them and to use them. And then you start thinking to myself Okay, what what am I good at in my work. You know that's how people start exploring career transitions is you know me taking them through a process of Okay, what what am I really good at what do I really enjoy. Then it becomes uh, like a thread. Once you find that thread, okay, I'm really good. I'm a really compassionate person and, and I'm a really good listener. I have that thread in my hand and then I just start following it inward. And I realize, okay, here's another example in my life where I've shown a lot of compassion and I've shown that I'm a really good listener. And here's what, how I affected the people around me. Wow, I really lit them up. They really thought. Like, I I run into people I went to high school with, and they laugh at. Well, they don't. They laugh at what, um, what I do now, simply because they're like, "Oh my God, when you were in high school, you were like the wisest person. You were like this old wise person in this young person body." And I'm kind of like, I don't know how if I, how I should take that, but I'm going to call it a compliment. <laughs> and they're like, "Yes, yes, it is a compliment." But that is innately who I am. Who I am right now in my life and who I am right now in my work is authentically who I am. I am a compassionate person. What drives me to reach my goals is being of service to others. You know, that's why I serve on the board. That's why I do pro bono coaching for United Nation leaders. It's because that fills me in a way that, that allows me to access my gifts even more. And so then, you know, as you work through that, you start recognizing your gifts, you're building that relationship with self. You know, um, I recently wrote an article for Coaching World, and it's about um, how to, gosh, I can't remember what I titled it. It's something about... Um, How to leverage your sixth sense in order to uh, you know make strides or or benefit your clients in your coaching practice so it's an article that's directed towards coaches but there's an example in there that i give that's applicable to anyone and it's really about being able to calm your mind and focus a stop sign or focus a red light envision that in your mind's eye and then associate that with no And then as you practice it, you know, you can either mentally erase it, or sometimes I like putting some dynamite beneath it and kind of blowing that image up, you know, whatever it is to kind of disperse that energetic thought, right? Because that's a quantum physics idea that what you focus on becomes more, um, it becomes more like a beam rather than a wave, right? So being able to kind of explode that energy and then thinking of a green light. Okay, and associating that with yes. And as you practice that, you can start testing it. You know, is my name Minnie Mouse? When I say that, you know, my body immediately starts to get tense and I see a big red light in my mind's eye, right? My name isn't Minnie Mouse. Is my name Teresa Lodato? And I feel in my body lightness and I see a green light in my mind's eye. I'm practiced at trusting my intuition, my my gifts so practiced that I recently, the last few weeks, I've been suffering from um, these really severe vertigo symptoms. And, you know, the, you know, after the first three days that I kind of got over it, I called my doctor and, hey, what's going on with this? And we ran a bunch of tests and couldn't find anything. And then about a few days later, I had another severe vertigo um, episode. And I was thinking to myself, you know, as I'm like, laying in the perfect position in bed where i don't feel dizzy and i started asking myself the questions what does my body need what does my body need to not be in this space and my body told me take an epsom salt bath and so i struggled out of bed and i poured some epsom salt in the bath and i soaked and when i got out i felt a little better and then i went and i laid down in bed and i fell asleep and the next morning still had some vertigo What does my body need body, what do you need right now take another Epsom salt bath so I took another Epsom salt bath felt a little better and, as the day progressed, I kept hearing magnesium magnesium. And I was like huh Okay, so I you know when I felt better got on Amazon ordered some magnesium and then I looked up vertigo and magnesium and son of a gun magnesium is a much overlooked cause. dizziness and vertigo so if you're not receiving enough magnesium in your diet you know there are these things now granted there are you know the next article below that was something from harvard that said there is no link you know obviously there is the research but then there's the intuition and as i know just as any person of intelligence recognizes is that just because there isn't a study for it doesn't mean it's not necessarily so however you obviously provide, it's more evidence if there is a study, right? However, I trust my intuition so much that I took those baths, they made me feel better. I started taking magnesium supplements and I haven't had a vertigo episode. Now, Fair enough, that could be total coincidence and i'm sure a lot of listeners will be like oh yeah whatever it was just a spike thing and you know it's just kind of whatever. However, i've had this happen enough in my life, where I have trusted what my body says it needs it needs an apple now it doesn't need the ice cream. What it needs is a salad, you know what what my body needs is to get out and get some fresh air what my body needs is to go up to our lake house and get in the lake, you know, there's been a couple of days where you know, I've literally driven the two hours just to go take a dip in the lake and then turned around and came home because I had obligations. But boy, my body responded, immediate stress release, immediate clarity around a decision I had to make. You know, it's amazing how when you are in relationship, right relationship with your body, you truly have everything that you need. I mean, I don't know how many people, even in my own journey, you know, they talk about, you have to be an advocate for your health when you go see your doctors. You know, if, if you're a woman and you feel like something maybe is going on with your breasts and you go to the doctor and the doctor kind of, you know, feels around and he's like, yeah, I don't feel anything. You've got to remember that that doctor, is feeling boobs all day long and he doesn't know. Like, you know what your own boobs feel like. You know if something is amiss, right? You have to trust that. And as you trust that, then your body, it's like any other relationship. The more you trust another person, the more that person's gonna start to trust you. So then your body starts trusting you and it starts giving you more information. You know, it starts signaling you, hey, you're starting to get a little angry. We're starting to go down this road. Is there anything you wanna do? We can stop it. And it gives you that choice. And then you have the opportunity before you get angry, you start feeling your heart pumping, your blood rushing and and you feel, you know, the blood rushing to your face. You have that opportunity to say, (sighs) or to practice that intense um, awareness on your touch so that you don't just, you know, argue or, or yell and destroy the relationship in that way. So the relationship to self is is the big key.
0: I would totally agree with you there cuz that has changed everything. So Teresa, if people want to learn more about what it is that you do, where can they find you?
1: They can find me on my website. It's www. TeresaLodato.com and that's T-E-R-E-S-A-L-O-D-A-T-O.com. com. Uh, you can also follow me on the socials, but I have to tell you, um, I'm not as active on the socials because I'm more a a person person. So I'm either working with clients or I'm on the phone, Um, but you can follow me there. And when I do get around to posting, you know, I'll post articles or speaking engagements or videos or what have you that I've done and you'll be alerted to it there. But um, yeah, and always, you know, you can always like my page and so that you don't miss anything.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. You just I, I loved what you shared today. And I just love the being more aware of self. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I just love the conversations that I get to have with all my guests. I take away so much because I remember when I first started listening to podcasts, it was almost like a little mini education session, right? I would just search for the podcast that I wanted to learn a little bit more about that particular subject, and I would just binge listen to it until. I gained an understanding of what I needed to do to move forward. And so I feel like now I get my own little education sessions each and every time I get to chat with an amazing guest. So I hope you enjoyed that as well. And make sure you come join us in a few more days as we have another episode where I talk about being more intentional with your time. And this is a big one. This is something that I have had to really work on since I left my corporate job. So join me in a few more days when that episode will be released. Now, as promised, I have a copy of my first book, Hope Elevated, that you can now download for absolutely free. If you head on over to the website, go to www.theroadforward.ca slash beyond dash recovery. So that's theroadforward.ca slash beyond dash recovery. And of course, I will have that in the show notes as well. So you can just head on over, make it easy, click the link. And don't forget, if you're an entrepreneur in recovery, come join us in the Rise and Recovery Facebook community. And let's start collaborating today. Guys, be safe out there. See you in a few days. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.